3: Thank you for being here, Jeremy Martley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, everyone it seems is starting to admit now we have a crisis at the border. Yeah, there's a problem there. Mm Mm-hmm. Are we prepared for 18,000 migrants a day? No,
4: because we can't handle 7,000 migrants a day.
3: That's the obvious
4: answer? We can't, and it's going to be a complete catastrophe And a national security threat, not only for the United States, but then it's also going to be a human catastrophe. The amount of people who will be hurt because of this, because of the inability of the Biden administration to actually get tough on the border. Yes. Uh, The Department of Homeland Security is the one saying the border crisis is about to get a whole lot worse when Title 42, the health order that makes it easier to expel illegal immigrants, uh, when Title 42 ends next month. They're expecting perhaps 18,000 encounters a day. And that, of course, does not even encapsulate the number of people who fly under the radar.
3: Oh, my goodness. You think about right now, how many people have come through the southern border since Biden became president? We don't know who they are. These stories will be talked about three years from now about this person getting killed by this person that just came up through the border back in 2021. We'll hear. Didn't know where they were, and here we are dealing with the aftermath. We're going to hear all of that. So we don't know uh, most of these people, the high majority. And we're talking about, well, it's these poor families coming through. We keep seeing buses full of dudes. And a lot of times you don't know if they have some sort of criminal past. Uh, Are they with the cartel? You don't know. And I know people will bring that up and someone will shout, well, that sounds racist and xenophobic. They're just looking for a better life. Some are. Some aren't. My gosh, man. Yeah. And 18000 a day? Yeah. And we don't do anything about it.
5: But no. I, The thing that I think people hear us talk about this, and they say to themselves, why does this happen? Why is this being allowed to happen? Because of who's in charge.
3: Yes, but even that the person plan. can't they see that this is unless you want it to happen and or political gain. Yes, because I mean, you're looking to
5: change the country. It's that cynical. It's that cynical, though. It is. It is that cynical. Yes, that's I mean, the only it, thing that makes sense. It doesn't. The rest of this doesn't make any sense. Of course not. You could stop the problem. I mean, you're, it's totally within your your jurisdiction to do it. Do you but think? You choose not
3: to. Does anyone in their right mind? think that this is best for the american people exactly of course not no
5: it makes no, no sense no, no it doesn't
3: make any sense
4: well the white house press secretary jen saki was asked hey what's the plan for those eighteen thousand people a day that we'll know about like we encounter them we can process them what exactly is the plan with that population
6: I don't know where you're basing your specific numbers on, Peter, but what I would tell you.
4: Uh, I've got it right here. Earlier this week, the Department gave reporters an estimate that up to 18,000 migrants could be apprehended at the border each day if Title 42
6: were. So up up, up 40 two, reason. and we'll see what happens.
4: <gasps> up oh two, my up God, God, to, up to semantics with, Oh, my God. It could be 16,000. It it could could be 30,000. It could be 12. You know, I mean, that doesn't change the basic principle of what is being asked. What exactly Uh do you think is going to happen? What is your expectation when somebody crosses the border?
3: The best part of that to me is (laughs) where you get those numbers, Peter? From your administration. Right. He brought the receipts with him. Yep. And, you know, all the time you have people across the country that give to different charities, different organizations that try to help people in the different countries where these people are coming from. It happens all the time. People on the left are always thinking, oh, no, this is what's best for them. A lot of people don't even want to leave their country. They're just doing it for a better opportunity. You don't do anything to help. You don't really care. It's a political position. It's disgusting. Meanwhile, did we have a super spreader event? Well, I think
4: week? so, yeah. I mean, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has COVID, as do a bunch of people working in the White House currently. Uh, And Pelosi was just at an indoor event with Joe Biden, got very close, in fact, kissed him. Yeah. But the White House says Pelosi doesn't count as a close contact with the president when it comes to COVID. I don't understand how this works. Here's Jen Psaki again trying to explain or try to make sense of how this doesn't count as a close contact. Okay.
6: The way that it is defined is by the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, and their definition of it is 15 minutes of, co- of contact within a set period of time uh, and within six feet. Uh, it did not meet that bar. It does not mean that, uh, that no one will get COVID around the world who does not have a close contact. It just means we are defining for all of you uh, whether the president and their interaction met the definition of the CDC of a close contact.
2: Okay,
3: I'm dumbfounded. Remember, this started a few years ago. I mentioned I am so tired of hearing my truth. Here's my truth. I need to tell my truth. No, there's the truth. Okay, there's just the truth. We have a whole generation of people and then a whole political party that's based on my truth. So we can say whatever we want. And it's just true in our minds. It's not reality. But it's true in our minds. That's just another example. Well, this doesn't count as a close contact. You switch the political parties of the people involved and say these are Republicans. Holy mackerel. Can you imagine MSNBC? Oh,
4: yeah, man. I mean, the media and Democrats were blaming Republicans not wearing masks for an outbreak among Democrats in the House of Representatives. Like no Republican was testing positive at the time. And a bunch of Democrats did. And for some, somehow, magically, that meant uh, that it was still Republicans to blame because they weren't wearing masks. Right. It doesn't make you know, sense.
7: Right. We will overcome. Oh, yeah.
4: The, the idiot Texas Democrats who who yes. were super spreaders. They did the booze cruise
5: up to D.C. Yes. If you they look closely, COVID. if you look closely at that video, you can see Joe Biden say coded before <laughs> she kisses him. He's coated against the cooties, see? <laughs> ah, yeah, gotcha. Because gotcha. he called it out.
3: Although, it he... is, man. Men can identify as women. They can compete in women's sports. They, they can go to women's prison. There are more stories that this is happening. We already know that women are being sexually abused in prison by dudes that identify as females. But it's unloving to not let them do that. And you can't ask about it in some places. It's it's freaking crazy, but that's reality for some people. It's their truth. and oh, man. Meanwhile, got everything going on with Russia, Ukraine, and it's awful. See the different stories. It's brutal. It's happening to I mean, women, children, everybody in Ukraine. It, it's awful. And, I mean, we go back and talk about 2014, Crimea, what did Obama do at the time, and Putin just rolled right in, right? Yeah. Is Obama really trying to say that he stood up to Russia in 2014?
4: Yes. I mean, you talked about some stunning revisionist history here, because it is no coincidence that Vladimir Putin took a, I don't know, four years off of saber rattling and, uh, you know, threatening to invade Ukraine during the Trump administration. It's not an accident. It's because he didn't know what Trump was going to do if he did something like that. Here comes Obama, or here comes uh, Joe Biden, with a bunch of Barack Obama backbenchers in the administration, and he knows. Yeah, I can just walk on in. It's fine. Sure, no problem. Yeah, there are going to be some sanctions. Whatever, we'll recover from it. It's fine. Yeah. And here's Barack Obama, seriously, at a conference dedicated to fighting disinformation, yeah. oh. talking about Crimea in 2014.
7: I will say that as somebody who grappled with uh, the incursion into. Crimea and the eastern portions of, of Ukraine, uh, I have been encouraged by the European reaction because in 2014, uh, I often had to drag them kicking and screaming to respond in ways that we would have wanted to oh my gosh. Uh, see from you know, those of us who, who describe ourselves as, as Western democracies.
3: It still takes him 30 seconds to say nothing, doesn't it? Yeah. And lie at the same time. But it's pretty
4: remarkable because apparently it's Europe's fault that Obama failed.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
5: Was Kamala Harris one of his students? (laughs) Just asking.
3: Honestly, you know, it seems to me this way. Obviously, you have conservatives and liberals in the United States, and then you have independents. This is just broad brushing. Okay. And over time, we've seen, you know, independence get swayed. Oh, my gosh, Trump is really this crazy. You just can't put him back in office. We need a break from the insanity. And here we are, what is it, a year and a half later, and independence from the polling is saying, we can't go on like this. This is worse than we could have ever imagined. And even some people that are moderate Democrats, to me, And this is the conversation that you really do have with people and even Democrats saying, listen, whatever your politics, if you're just for common sense and reality, there's really only one party to go to right now. My opinion, we talk about it. The Republicans let you down again and again. It's spineless. And there's a good portion of Republicans that in some ways are no better than the Democrats because they're bought and paid for. Mm -hmm. They're not looking out for the best of the American people. It's a freaking career. It's disgusting. But as far as a political party, I mean, there's only one if you want to stay in reality and common sense. Nuts. You guys talked about it yesterday. It's nice that baseball's opened up. You got the Masters just as a diversion for a little bit. Yeah, it'll be a good weekend. Uh, for some yeah. of us.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, and Tiger Woods yesterday shot one under. A it, big, big deal, man. You know, top ten. Yep. But he's right there. And I heard different analysts saying, you know, that leg that was you know he almost lost it he's able to push off of it that's a sign he's back i thought the sign he was back was when he basically said bleep off to (laughs) the golf ball or the or the green that didn't receive the ball you know what the masters if you don't hit it in the right spot it could spin and just roll completely off the green and that's what happened and then the hot mic caught tiger this one's going to catch that slope and feed off the green That away. Tig's back. Yep. And the beep, we have to do that, obviously. It doesn't yeah. quite do it justice the way he was like, off. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was vintage Tiger right That's there. That's awesome. Yeah. means it means something to him. So those would be fun to watch, see if he can get, keep rolling, and got to see if Robin's ready to bet there. Also, NBC News employees are worried Jensaki will what? Tank their brand. <laughs> we'll get no. to that and much more. <laughs> coming up. markley van camp and Robbins show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins david i think you have something sweet here what is it i
4: i love this man so brian stelter from cnn one of the chief propagandists was part of a panel discussion on disinformation at the university of chicago oh gosh and a freshman student just laid waste to him talking about how their mouthpieces for the regime that journalistic ethics are thrown out the window in favor of propping up one political party and said hey It's kind of weird how when you guys make mistakes, like you report on a story that turns out to not be true, why is it that it overwhelmingly damages magically one side of the political spectrum? Almost always. Yeah, calling Stelter out. Yeah. The freshman. I love that.
0: And that's when the tears came. (laughs) Yes.
4: So Brian Stelter, one, says he's lying and then invokes... The Fox News photographer who died and the other, Benjamin Hall, the reporter, who barely made it out alive out of Ukraine. Yeah,
3: this was really odd.
0: I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, But I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing, and they tried to help. They tried to help him get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together, to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough, though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business. The people don't see. The people don't hear. They imagine that it's a, a situation that simply is not.
3: Okay. Yeah, I know that's a popular right-wing narrative. No, it's just reality. It is reality. I mean, we I mean, just... you talk about there's, there's people whipping migrants at the border. Mm-hmm. You know, the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. The P-tape. Yes. You know, what CNN said about Joe Rogan, what they said about Kyle Rittenhouse, what they said about the Kentucky kids. I mean, how long do we have the whole show to talk about how many times CNN has lied to people?
4: Well, and we just saw it play out this week. Remember, there was a big story about missing White House phone records from the day of the Capitol riot. (laughs) Suggesting that Donald Trump had been engaged in a cover up. The entire story fell apart because nothing was actually missing. But the media, including CNN, took this ball and ran with it. Here's a montage, hat tip to Newsbusters.
1: Explosive new reporting Bombshell discovery
3: A
4: seven
2: hour, (laughs) 37 minute gap Seven hours of missing phone records Gaps and call logs Seven hour and 37 minute gap
8: Seven hours What could explain a reported seven hour gap? Is it a cover up? This
2: is a cover (laughs) up Sure seems close to
3: a smoking gun Paul Bernstein has been outspoken in Saying that Trump's attempted coup is in fact worse than Watergate
4: (laughs) Everything's worse than Watergate, right? That was Don yeah. Avalon from CNN saying that. And Brian
1: Stelzer's like, well, we don't do that. Bruh. <laughs>
5: wow,
1: man. They
4: just when, lie. When
5: you lie about lying, that's a lying liar
3: right there. <laughs> yes, yes, it is, yes. <laughs> yes, okay. It's it's a joke to most people that pay attention, I would say. Let's talk about the other network, MSNBC. Story out there that NBC News employees are worried that Jen Psaki, White House press secretary, because the rumor is she's going there in May after she quits the White House. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't like that. Why? Oh,
4: because it could tarnish the
3: brand. <laughs> oh,
4: my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So so not only is she going to be a political commentator, which to me, uh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, that happens all the time. Right. Somebody becomes a commentator uh, from, you know, from the White House or from the State Department or wherever. That's fairly common, but she's also going to be hosting her own show on the MSNBC streaming service. Now, that is straight up creepy at this point. Well, yeah, you don't have enough years removed because Biden is still president. So it is actually state TV at that point. So NBC News, though, uh, which is separate from the MSNBC crowd, they're worried, though, that the NBC brand is going to be tarnished because, well, we're just involved in. Negotiations with the current White House press secretary? Too late for that. He's, this is the same news outlet that tried to say <laughs> that Donald Trump forced a couple in Arizona to drink fish tank cleaner.
3: Yeah. Worried I about the I think MSNBC brand. is worried about their brand because she's not quite racist enough, but right. maybe with some training she could get there. <laughs> She'll get there. Okay. Big tax bill on your stimulus money. What? Next. Camp and Robin show. <coughs> Excuse me. What's wrong? No COVID here. Shh. I'm Jamie Markley. Gen Xer. That's the millennial David Van Camp and then the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. Okay. that' I was just a little cough. That's all. All right. You I, looked at me. You're looking at me
5: like well, how no, I side. you Don't even throw out the word COVID out there. We're six feet apart, though. We are six, we are six feet apart, right?
3: But much like Joe and Nancy, we just hugged yeah. and embraced the other day. Well. I kissed your cheek.
2: I know.
5: And, and
3: David's hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pelosi's got COVID. <laughs> yep, There's a freak out going on. Well, they were all together. And you can't call that a super spreader that happened the other day with Big O, Pelosi, and Joe. Oh, how times have changed. Mm-hmm. Remember with all the COVID stuff and parents had to maybe quit their job or take some time off to take care of the kids. And they were talking about child tax Credit. I don't think everyone heard the word credit. They're thinking, oh, we're going to try to help you out here. Since you got to stay home, not only are we going to pay you, but help it with child care, we'll, we'll give you that money too. Some people didn't understand, oh, that's just, that's just like an advanced loan. You're, that's part of your child tax credit on your taxes.
4: Yeah. So, yet again, I mean, as people are filing uh, late into the tax filing season, people are getting a little bit surprised that they actually owe money. Because and and isn't this really a, a kick in the teeth here? If if you got an extra uh or let's just say you did not technically qualify for the round of stimulus that was included in Biden's big bill last year, like you made more money and so therefore yeah, you really weren't qualified for it, the IRS is letting you keep it. But man, if you overpaid or if you were overpaid for that child tax credit, they want their money back and then some. Mhm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you see, we got to we got to claw that
5: money back. Okay, so if you received a check and you were over the threshold of whether you should have gotten the check, then you have to pay taxes on it or give it back.
4: That's only if it's the child tax credit. If it's a okay, stimulus not, check, yeah. no. No, generally speaking, no. You're not having to repay any of that back.
3: Thing is, with the child tax credit, you're getting a check, right, for each kid you have. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're used to doing your own taxes or you have an idea of what you're, you know, basically going to get back, or maybe you have to pay, say, a couple hundred bucks, whatever. Well, you were in for quite a surprise. We're like, oh, I don't get the, the credit's already been used. That was not like some sort of extra. Yeah, and some would say, well certainly the government led people to believe that oh my gosh yes the no they i mean joe
4: biden was uh was hitting the campaign trail for some special election saying yeah we gave you that money that was a <laughs> lifesaver cutting childhood poverty in
3: half <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of course it was a lie it, yes yes it was and then some people maybe Had a kid graduate from college, right? That might have happened. Mm -hmm. And then got married. They figured out, well, not only can you not claim that kid that you might have got a check for, uh, you also can't claim anything you might have helped with college. And all of a sudden, you might be owing, I don't know, thousands of dollars. I would not personally know. Well, maybe I would a little. (laughs) Hey, come on. My car's got room for one more. Come on. Nobody wants to hear me whine about that. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a surprise. What we what? Yeah. Holy mackerel. Okay, didn't plan for that. Yeah. Yeah, live and learn, man. Live and learn. Okay. Let's move to this. Here the war on reality continues with our federal government. Yes. This is crazy.
4: Yeah, uh, multiple states are looking at banning sex change surgeries for minors because it's child abuse. It's clearly child abuse. If, agree. if you're looking at a 13-year-old who says I, who's a girl, and says I identify now as a boy, and you're like, yeah, let's rush you to the doctor and have them remove your breasts at the age of 13, that's child abuse. That is yes. freaking crazy. You're out of your mind. Well, the federal government has put these states on notice, saying it is unconstitutional to protect children from adults mutilating their bodies.
6: This is Jen Saki. Laws and policies preventing care that healthcare professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. To be clear, every major medical association agrees that gender affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life saving. That's a lie.
3: Practice. That's a lie. Yeah. That's a flat out lie what she just said. You're cherry-picking.
6: All of this begs an important question. What are these policies actually trying to solve for? LGBTQI plus people can't be erased or forced back into any closets.
3: No one's trying to do that. That's propaganda. You should be ashamed of yourself for even saying that. They're trying to protect kids from predators.
6: And kids across our nation should be allowed to be who they are without the threat that their parents or their doctor could be imprisoned simply for helping them and loving them.
4: Really? Doctors should be in prison. If a doctor is saying, yeah, I'm looking at a 13, 14-year-old and saying, yeah, I'm going to mangle your genitals, yeah, that that doctor should be in prison.
3: Absolutely. I mean, (sighs) it's against all common sense. We've gone over statistics many times. We could do it again. The amount of kids that have gender dysphoria by the time they've gone through puberty and are 18, they're fine. It was like a stage but you're making it so what you call gender-affirming care. means that's the only route. And what we decide that is would be, yes, puberty blockers, and then, well, mutilating genitals. I don't know how else you want to say it. You could get more graphic. We all know what it is. That's crazy. And then within the medical field, I mean, you got different doctors speaking out against this. Man, they get shut down fast. Sure they do. I mean, and then you've got all of big tech trying to silence those people for just talking about, well, reality. It's yeah. I don't know what else to say about it, man. It's disgusting.
4: I think this is something kind of interesting. There's a political action committee. It's a conservative PAC that ran ads during the campaign highlighting this exact policy. Those ads, by the way, about, hey, you know, Joe Biden actually supports sex change operations for minors, for children. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those ads got fact-checked by major media outlets. That's not true. Joe Biden doesn't support that. And eventually the ads got shut down on social media. They got removed for being disinformation. Except it was absolutely 100% true. Now... Everybody in the Biden administration is gleefully saying, yes, it is a constitutional right for a parent to have their child remove his or her sex organs.
3: It's child abuse. I don't know how else you could say it. It's crazy. And you know what? This is worth playing at least a little bit of it. And you dug this up yesterday. This was Dennis Prager in November of 2019.
4: Oh, yeah. On Bill Maher's uh, show, Bill Maher's show on uh, HBO, real time.
3: Yes, and he was talking at the time about menstruating people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that was going to be a thing. That's where the left is going. He was laughed off the stage from Maher, the other guests, and the audience thinking, well, that's not happening. This is insane what you're saying. To
1: say that men can menstruate is a lie, and that is now, that is what is said. Wait, 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 where did that from? I never
5: never heard it. (laughs) Okay, check it out, folks. Check it out.
7: (laughs) Anyone who says a man cannot menstruate is considered transphobic. I I, I missed this whole story.
3: Yes. And here we are, not even, what, two and a half years later? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is where we are. This is fascinating. I've only heard this once. It's fascinating. Are yeah, you did.
7: did. did no, tell me where, so where, where you're getting this. Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Who, who is saying this? You're who talking
0: about a it? very small no, percentage. Oh,
7: really? Then how do you allow men, biological men, to run against women in, in the races in Connecticut? They're okay, women. Okay, but I would agree with you on that. The way you framed
2: it is nonsense. And it just uh, goes on from there. Nope. They're
3: all laughing. Oh, that's not. That's crazy. All right. Switch gears here. Well, it's sort of on the same topic. Talking about the Disney CEO, what's the story here, David?
4: Uh, Christopher Rufo has more leaked video from Disney meetings because apparently it's a crisis within the company because company leadership didn't somehow figure out a way to block the Florida bill that bans teachers from having secret conversations about sexuality with five-year-olds. <laughs> apparently it's like, I can't believe you wouldn't block that, Disney. Jeez. Jeez. Here's the CEO of Disney, Bob Chapek.
0: I pledged to be a better ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, my gosh. Apologize for not being the ally that you needed me to be and committed to ensuring that our company lives up to its values. I meant every word, and that's what we're here to talk about today. I know that we've got work to do, and that work oh, starts with listening. I'm glad the company will hear from today's panel of LGBTQ plus employees. And I hope that you are as impacted as I've been by the voices that I've heard over the past few weeks. I want you to know that your words have made a real impact on me.
4: This, this well, is Well, well, well. I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic here. This is actually straight out of Mao's cultural revolution. This is actually what the playbook is, is that if you diverge at all, from well in in mal's case communist ideology Mm -hmm. then you must go and confess your sins before the group
0: that's exactly what he's doing yep i understand that we've made mistakes and the pain that those mistakes have caused and i know that our silence wasn't just about the bill in florida but about every time an individual or institution that should have stood up for this community did not
3: no you should stand up for reality
5: I feel so like I feel like he's going to sell me undercoating next. <laughs> I feel like this is some sort of bizarro world sales pitch by some guy who lacks sincerity, but sounds like he has it.
3: Oh, man, what a bunch oh, man. of load
5: of crap that is.
3: Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay, more on that later. we, we got to move on. Let's get to the Will Smith thing.
4: What is this? Oh, man. So, of course, you know, uh, the word is that he's going to rehab or something after the slap with Chris
3: Rock at the Oscars which by the way is a brilliant move. I'm not listen. Oh no. This from a cynical sort of take as far as saving his career. Yeah. I did predict that. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. No, that's my shoulder hurts.
5: Patting did step one though, right? <laughs> but some
3: people No, but dude, you knew it was going to happen. That's well, yeah. his way out, right, man. Yes, I, yes. I had these problems, but go ahead, David.
4: One of the biggest problems is his wife. His wife is a nut. Oh yeah. And completely controlling and just emasculates this guy on a day in and day out basis. Somebody dug up an old clip from one of her Instagram posts. It's a video of her talking to Will Smith before recording her little podcast. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be filmed, but she keeps going and then blaming him for not wanting to be filmed. Oh,
3: wow. This sounds like it's going to be infuriating on the infuriating scale. Where do you predict this is David? Uh, It's 10 for me. Wow.
6: So, Will, you know Esther Perel is coming to the table. She's going to be at the red table. Would you say she has been instrumental in you and I redefining our relationship?
1: Oh my God. I would say don't just start filming me without asking me. Oh, my goodness. If you could film
6: Stare, me. come help us again, please.
1: I'm still dealing with foolishness. Don't. No, no, she, yeah, because she, don't just.
6: Would you say that she helped us heal the hurts that we caused between
3: one another? Did you hear the man? Yeah. He doesn't want to be filmed. That's mutual respect. If he did that to you, can you imagine him just keep on filming? You'd be out of your mind. What's wrong with her? My social media presence
1: is my bread and butter, okay? So you can't just use me for social media and not, you know, don't just start rolling. I'm standing in my house. Don't just start rolling.
3: Please
6: watch us stare at the red table because she's helped us a lot. Can't you tell?
3: Oh, my gosh. Run.
5: She's got his soul in her purse, and she takes off little pieces of it and eats it every single day.
3: I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's brutal, man. We may have to revisit that later. She's got to have something on him. There's got to be something there, dude. I don't understand it. Wow. Okay. Did you hear about the teacher that wanted to get kids interested in science? So she set a few students' hands on fire? That's next. Van Camp and Robert show. Jerry Marley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Portland, beautiful American city. This is what happens when crazy lefties run the city.
4: Yeah, it's it's a threat to everyone else who lives there, who just wants to live their lives. Yep. Progressivism right now is the most dangerous ideology in America.
3: This is just another example.
4: Yeah, well, so, uh, last month, a small business owner named Mariah Zimmerman had a close encounter with a dude that she thought was stalking her, and she managed to get, uh, inside her store, lock the door, but a few minutes later, she heard a woman screaming for help, uh, and then she tried to, she stepped in and intervened. She grabbed her pepper spray, bear spray, <laughs> and everything, according to Ooh. a now viral mm-hmm. Facebook post. Uh, she said, I always freeze. I didn't freeze this time. In a matter of minutes, I heard the most blood-curdling screams I've ever heard. He was on top of this other woman, this victim, his pants down, and I don't want to get into all of the graphic right. details, but he was sexually assaulting her. He's raping her. And so she grabbed the girl, pulled her into the car. She says, I don't even know how I did it. She says, I haven't eaten in a few days. My body's nervous system had already... Uh, Shook from my nightmare neighbor. Uh, I called 911, she said. Uh, She was on hold for 10 minutes. They finally answered because they're too busy.
5: Oh, my gosh.
4: And then it's another, what, 20 minutes, 30-plus minutes that she's waiting for the cops to come when there's a guy who is out there raping women.
3: Yes. And and, And then they wanted her to take the post down because she's making people look bad. Yeah, the cops
4: wanted her to take it down, she did not do it because she says, well, people in the city need to know what's going on. And we've heard these stories time and time and time again. Uh, The guy's been arrested now. Uh, But we've heard this for almost two years now, ever since the mostly peaceful riots were going on. you know, People waiting hours in some cases after their homes were broken into.
3: Yes, because so many cops left, and then there was the, we don't want no more police. Then... You got the mayor trying to hire people back. They don't want the job. Can you blame them? Nope. They were shamed. It's crazy. We'll get to that other story about the teacher setting the students' hands on fire. It was supposed to be a science experiment. Kind of went wrong. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show.
2: Are you ready?
3: Um, I think for Texas Governor Greg Abbott, this is one of the coolest things he's done yet.
4: Absolutely, yeah. Greg Abbott says he's going to put a bunch of illegal immigrants on charter buses and send them to Washington, D.C., right? Now, if the border crisis isn't real, it's not really a crisis, and everyone coming in is just looking for the American dream, right? Yes. That's what the left keeps telling us. Then you would think that liberals in Washington would be excited about this. Like, great, we'll take him in. In fact, we've rented out some hotel rooms. You know what? Sleep on my couch. Absolutely. You would think, right? But that's not really what's going on. Uh, Here's the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, responding to this latest move. Hmm.
6: Well, I'm not aware of what authority uh, the governor would be doing that under. I think it's pretty clear this is a publicity stunt. His own uh, office admits that a migrant would need to voluntarily uh, be transported, um, and he can't compel them to because, again...
3: They voluntarily broke the law and entered the country. So now we got to ask them permission for where to take them? <laughs> How the heck does that
6: work? Enforcement of our country's immigration laws lies with the federal government, not a state.
0: Washington, D.C.?
6: Well, listen, I don't know, but I know that the governor of uh, Texas or any state does not have the legal authority to compel anyone to get on a bus.
4: Well, then, sounds pretty xenophobic to me, Jen. I mean... Again, if, if if these are just desperate people and there is no problem with them showing up in America and we don't know who they are, they haven't gone through any sort of process to live here legally, it seems like you should be willing to take them in. It seems like that should be a no-brainer. It seems like they should say, thank you, Governor Abbott, for sending us the next generation of
3: Americans. For the opportunity to serve these people. Yes. That's what it should be. Sure. It's strange it doesn't work that way. Because, Jen, I mean, usually this would be in the playbook, right? Okay, you can get up there and talk about gender-affirming care and say absolutely mutilate kids' genitals to the opposite sex if they're feeling like a girl when they're a boy. Go ahead and do that, right? Abortion on demand, got to have it. That's women's health care. And now you have a chance to take care of people coming here illegally, so by the script, you take some sort of Bible passage completely out of context and use it to say, this is why we have to welcome these people. But this is your opportunity to then to fulfill that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. But it I, seems
3: like you don't want the opportunity. That's well, no, strange.
4: no. And honestly, it's because a lot of these people are also stone cold racists. Well, yeah, they don't. They don't. Ew, no, these immigrants are ew, nasty. They're Jen Saki. They don't want them. I mean, they're what <laughs> I, What? You want us to, like, actually interact with these people? Like, it's fine if you're living in a small town on the Texas-Mexico border. It's fine if you're in San Antonio. It's fine if you're any number of other places throughout the United States where these migrants get dropped off. You're just supposed to deal with this issue in your community, right? You're, you're just supposed to be able to welcome people yes. with open arms and not worry about, I don't know, a pandemic, not worry about resources being dried up by people who are here illegally. You're not supposed to worry about any of that. But in Washington, D.C., we can't have that here. Oh my
3: gosh. No, all you people in flyover yeah. states, my gosh, you're Bible people, right? Welcome the people and shut up. Golly. Yeah, that's usually the way it goes.
5: Welcome the people and shut up. That's a bumper
3: sticker. That's the attitude. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the whole part about, well, you're using people in this situation to make a point. Oh, God! well, yeah. Yes, you are. What are we talking about here? You're letting this happen. You're encouraging it. Yeah. You're using people to make a political point. One other question, real quick. Did Kamala Harris ever figure out the root causes of why people <laughs> want to come here? She's been on this for a long time.
5: Well, it's not something you rush to judgment on. it takes years of research
3: really to figure out the root causes it seems like we had it figured out uh, the moment minutes. it came up yeah, yeah. huh. but she's still trying to figure that out yeah okay we have quick 30 seconds right Yes. this is still astounding root causes seven times in 30 seconds uh-huh. how could you do it kamala shows you how
6: what we must do to address the root causes of migration to address the root causes The issue of root causes is not going to be solved in one trip. To address the root causes as though it's something that can be dealt with overnight. To feel the effects of those root causes on our shores. And the root causes are based on the problems and the challenges that people are facing in countries like Guatemala. Which is why I was there. We have to address
3: the root causes. Uh, Yes, they have to. And she has, but she hasn't quite cracked the code yet. opportunity, better chance for family, just can't quite figure it out. All the free stuff that we offer. Free phones now. Hey, quick idea before we move on. You said that a lot of the people in D.C., the elite and the ruling class there, they don't like to mix it up and mingle it all with the poor migrants coming in. Illegals? Mm -hmm. I have an idea. Okay. Much, much like um, liberal Democrats do the rich ones. Maybe they could get the people that are coming here illegally to mask up and serve them food. Because that's when they usually mix it up with minorities. Oh, yeah. The I liberal mean, elite.
4: A lot of the people who talk the most about equality and equity, they don't mm-hmm. know any black people that don't work for them.
3: True. Okay, moving on. Uh, Supreme Court event. Was that a super spreader the other day? I think it
5: Look, well, it appears to be. Yeah. Based on the the counts of people that were there versus those who have COVID now. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it qualifies. Well, okay. that was. And then
4: today there is a Supreme Court. Well, it's, it's a it's a reception with the president of the United States, the vice president and a lot of others are there with the newly confirmed Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Pretty much everyone else in the White House has been exposed to COVID, including the President of the United States, because he got a kiss on the cheek from Nancy Pelosi, like, what, two, three days ago? Yes. She's got COVID. So yesterday, Peter Ducey from Fox News asked the White House press secretary whether or not this counts. What's happening today counts as a super spreader event. Fair question. When the last president wanted to host a big event for a Supreme Court nominee here at the White House, some folks got COVID and then former Vice President Biden called it a super spreader event. So is there any risk that this event tomorrow for a Biden Supreme Court now uh, justice is going to be a super spreader event?
6: Well, one, at that point in time, vaccines weren't available. People were not vaccinated. It certainly puts us in a different (laughs) space. This event is also going to be outside tomorrow.
5: It doesn't matter if you've been vaccinated or not, you idiot.
3: How would you know that, Scott? Because
5: I was vaccinated three times and then I got (laughs) COVID. Get so tired of hearing that. Well, they were vaccinated. (laughs) Get the invisible shield around them.
4: Well, Nancy Pelosi just
3: got the fourth shot not that long ago.
5: She got like the eighth shot. Yes.
3: The studies have come out the fourth shot doesn't last very long. I don't know if you saw that or not.
5: No, by the time it's you that, get in it's your it's car like and leave the facility, it wears <laughs> off.
3: Pay attention to anything from overseas, any studies that are done. God. No, it's only oh, the please. ones that fit So the tired of it. that crap. I know.
5: But they were vaccinated.
3: Wait a second. I know why today doesn't count as a super spreader. Why? i figured it out. Well, as we've heard time and time again over the last 24 hours, why is this particular Supreme Court Justice special?
5: Well, I mean, what am I being, what am, what am I being told? Yeah. First female minority or black woman. Correct? Yes. Is that what you're asking me? Yes.
3: Okay. That's the way they're saying it. Right. It's confusing to me.
5: Yeah, very confusing.
3: Because it seems like if you say woman, that's not loving. it. Shouldn't it be first black menstruating person?
5: <laughs> Whose name starts with K.
3: Yes. Uh, anyway. Okay. So, obviously, from all of legacy media and the left, this is a huge story because it's also a race issue. Yes? That's fair to say, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you go back to the summer of love of 2020, remember, people were supposed to be six feet apart and don't be a part of a super spreader. But we had to put that on hold for the George Floyd protests. Remember? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because they were fighting a virus of another
4: kind. That's right. If you're protesting or if you're yes. doing anything that has to do with race,
3: you don't get COVID. That's what we were told in 2020. So that, I would guess, extends from a protest to a celebration here. True. So maybe that's why.
5: Well, you may I'm be just, onto something there. I don't I'm know. i just trying to figure it out myself. It would be very interesting to see who's masked up, though.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you're paying a lot more for food. If you like eggs, you're going to pay more. I love eggs. Because of the bird flu. Bird flu? Yes. Yeah, avian flu spreading in farms throughout middle America, mm. particularly in Iowa. That means, well, yeah, 10 days from Easter, uh, egg prices continuing to rise. Just keep an eye out for that. You're getting ready.
5: Where's Fauci on this one?
3: I don't know. David, you want to do your Fauci?
5: Bird
4: flu, it's
3: avian. <clears throat> well, Dr. we Bunchy. are we
4: are recommending that <laughs> all hens wear masks <laughs> and stay six feet apart.
5: We're actually we'll telling
4: play. Walmart to put eggs, uh, to to put uh, 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 masks on all the eggs individually,
3: as well. Thank you.
5: Leave them outside for twenty four hours. <laughs> Wash them. <laughs>
3: Uh, For our friends in Dallas, may already know this story, a middle school teacher. Uh, We don't know her name. She's 37. She's already resigned. Why? Well, she's just trying to get kids more interested in science. So she put hand sanitizer on some kids' hands and then lit them on fire. (laughs) Wow, there you go. Apparently did it with multiple kids in several classes throughout the day. It, it was working great, but then there was one 12-year-old boy that ended up getting burned on both hands badly enough. He had to go to the hospital. Oh, gosh. Yes. Well, and they said doing that with hand sanitizer could potentially cause third-degree burns. Uh, school said the teacher resigned as no longer an employee of the school district. They're looking at whether or not going to face charges. Just trying to make it interesting
4: for the kids, huh? Right. I mean, she was just lighting them on fire, you know, not encouraging them to remove their sex organs. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, if you had to choose one or another, I'll take the fire. I'll take the fire, yeah. Yeah. It
5: was a hands-on display.
3: <laughs> nah. Hey, now. Hey, now. Okay. Man, did you hear about the homeowner that punched out a burglar? Dude was 60. Actually said I went Mike Tyson on him. We'll get to that story in a news update Next. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Martin David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, News update,
4: David Van Camp. Well <clears throat> sorry, I was just uh editing down this last little piece of audio for us here. Uh you some Cursing in it? No, uh it's it's Joe Biden at the uh at the ceremony that they're having at the White House with newly confirmed Supreme Court nominee. Katanji Brown Jackson.
5: You were working the close caption angle. So
4: I, w- like I was because right. it was a little a bit while. weird. Yeah. Here is what Joe Biden had to say about this historic moment in our nation's history.
2: There are yeah. moments that people go back in history and they're literally historic.
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> there are moments that people go back, go back in history back. and they're literally historic. historic. yeah Put that on a bumper sticker. There
2: are moments that people go back in history and they're literally historic, consequential, fundamental shifts in American policy. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping traveling with him. I have traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that
4: for a fact. Actually, that's not What's true. What's the
5: word? What's it's, the word? The
4: foothills of Himalaya. That's not a word. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Unless that whatever that garbled mess was is the word. Yeah.
4: What well, what he said was the foothills of Himalaya of the Himalayas. Talking about I'm still trying to
3: figure the, out what he's talking he's about. He's talking about
4: traveling with Xi Jinping in China. Okay. Yeah.
3: But to Scott's point, we never got to the word. We got oh, to the multiple
4: words, but never the word. And, well, uh, well, He'll get there.
2: We were sitting okay. alone. I had an interpreter and he had an interpreter. And he looked at me in all seriousness. He said, can you define America for me? And I said, what well, many of you heard me say for a long time. I said, yes, I can. In one word, possibilities.
4: There you go.
5: <laughs> uh, you talk about taking the long way home. Wow! There
2: are moments that people go back in history and they're literally historic.
3: Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, you have that. Do you know who wrote that for him? Who's that? Uh, I mean, it's not confirmed, but I have sources that say it was Kamala. Honestly,
7: and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, <laughs> right? The significance of the passage of time.
3: Remember the passage of time. I just keep going. <laughs> yeah then we'll realize it's historic, and sometimes you're looking through history and you find out something historic. It just sounds like something Kamala would write to me.
4: (laughs) History will record that this was historic, and as we look at the history textbooks, history will remember this as historic because it was a historical event in history. Yes.
3: And as far as possibility, when are we looking for these possibilities? Well, I don't mean to be a bragger, but I can freaking tell you. All right? That is every day.
6: It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down.
3: And that's the possibility. It's true. That we look at. Yeah. Yeah. And you know when we do it? When? Every day. And the time is now, yeah. Okay, I've mentioned this story about this dude, 60 years old, California insurance salesman. Um, does work out a lot. Um, but there was a little surprise. Burglar in the house. Okay? What are you going to do? I know a lot of people be like, i, I got to lay low. I More than anything, I don't want to get hurt here, and I certainly don't want to die. Mm-hmm. Whatever is not worth it. Um, what happened, though... Was the dude started punching the burglar and held him there until the cops could show up? Yes. (laughs) When police arrived, they're like, okay, why'd you do that? What made you think to do that? Quote, I don't know. I just went Mike Tyson on it.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Did he fight him?
3: Of the week, right here. (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Um, well, and there were a couple of different burglars. This is the one that he actually, you know, bam, he said with a right cross. And then he went down onto the grass there in the front yard, and then he went to the car. The one burglar, though, stayed inside the home. It's a crazy story. But I know that they will always tell you, different people, hey, don't try, right, you know, to take someone down. You know, again, losing some sort of items in your home. Is not worth it. Some people are just not built that way. It's like, no, 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 no. You're coming here? Mm-hmm. Trying to take something from me? That's not going to happen. So yeah, he, he punched him out pretty good. Um, if you thought wokeism was just for companies and politics, it's also infiltrating churches. You gotta hear oh my a gosh. woke prayer oh, wow. coming up here. Van Camp and Roberts show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Roberts. Okay, no, we're not prepared for eighteen thousand people flooding through the southern border every day. Uh, Of course not, but that question was asked yesterday to the White House Press Secretary. Yeah, the Department of Homeland Security says
4: the border crisis is about to get a whole hell of a lot worse when Title 42 ends next month. They're expecting around 18,000 encounters. That's not border crossings. That's just encounters a day. Yes. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked, hey, what's the plan for these 18,000 people a day? What are we doing with them? Good question.
6: I don't know where you're basing your specific numbers on, Peter, but what I would 18, tell
4: thousand, you. Uh, I've got it right here. Earlier this week, the Department gave reporters an estimate that up to 18,000 migrants could be apprehended at the border each day if Title 42 were.
6: Well, up to up and we'll see what happens. <clears throat>
5: we'll, we'll see what happens, that, aren't we?
3: Yeah. She's going to be great at MSNBC. She'll fit right in. That's supposed to be May, right? Yeah. That's all this is. It's all it's ever been.
5: After she writes her children's book. <laughs> it's lying hood.
3: I just love where did you get these numbers?
5: Right. Like he just made them up.
3: Uh Where'd you same place you get yours? I'm surprised you don't know the numbers, exactly. Jing. Exactly. You have to know this questions coming, don't you? Isn't that part of your gig? I would think. Okay. All right. You know what? And this is, you've brought this up many times, David. This has been a, a losing proposition for independence for a while. Democrats are starting to turn yeah. on far-left liberals on this issue. Oh, yeah. They see the effects of so many people coming into the country. I mean, we we've gone off on it too many times. There's other stuff to get to today. Let's get to this. Disney exec says he wants to go deeper into the pockets of not parents, of families, but of who? Oh,
4: into pockets of LGBT. And I'm not talking about physical pockets here. Mm. Uh, This is a woman, actually. She's an executive producer. Um, And she says that we need to be exploring more of the LGBTQ, LMNOP, Alpha Omega, whatever Group, We need to be really digging into all of those and have primary characters on display for everybody because, honestly, th- th- okay, this is uh, Disney executive LaToya Raveneau. Uh Christopher Rufo is the guy who got this leaked audio from sort of an all-hands-on-deck meeting again. Uh, it's a struggle session because, well, they're apparently very upset that Florida has banned teachers from having secret sex conversations with five-year-olds. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, She's just a narcissist. This is a broken person who wants to make everything about her. Okay.
3: Let's listen together.
6: I identify as like a biromantic asexual. I've had a lot.
3: (laughs) Sorry. Sorry to stop it.
5: Robbins look like the confusion. Did you say I identify as a biromantic? A
4: biromantic asexual,
5: yes. What the hell is a biromantic asexual? Hey.
3: You sound like you have
5: what lava lamps and Chardet playing while you commiserate (laughs) with both sexes. What does that
3: mean? I guess it means that
4: you are attracted to both genders, yeah, but you don't want to do anything about it. You don't know this for fact. You're trying to just make sense of it, right, David? I'm just, I'm going to like root words and trying to piece this together because it's all gobbledygook. Okay. This is all made up stuff. That's not a real thing. It is.
5: Okay. Biromantic. Yeah. Heterosexual. Biromantic asexual. I've had a lot
6: of. Learning and growing about myself this year, kind of facilitated by how comfortable I felt, where I feel so safe and so supported. I mean, like, I wasn't, like, in the closet, but, like, I'm real out now. But, like, I'm still thinking, like, I want to use my content to, like, go deeper, like, talk about how non-monolithic the LGBTQ plus community as an asexual As an asexual. Like, it's just like, I feel like a lot of people don't know what that is. I have to, like, have a dissertation ready at any given time. I want to, like, add the the pockets of the LGBTQ community that you don't see. I was like, I want to get, like, gay
3: advanced. Yeah, I wonder when it was regular dudes stopped being interested there.
4: Yeah, I mean, again, where she says, Oh, as an asexual, it's like, I need to have a whole dissertation ready to go. Well, yeah, because you made something up about yourself to feel Mm -hmm. special. Yes, you, you've you taken your gender or sexual identity and m- substituted that in lieu of a personality. Yeah, I mean,
3: my first reaction, honestly, when I hear that is, wow, the headline was like, I thought they wanted to get more money out of somebody. This is something completely different. No. And this is a religion. And this is her gig to go out there and spread what I suppose in her mind is the good news. And it's like your whole job, your everything revolves around this. It's like it defines who you yes. are. Yeah. There's nothing bigger in life than this cause for these people. That's what it is, and that's a religion. Boy, those people don't get really angry if you say this is like a religion.
4: Well, it is, and I mean that's the basic Marxist ideology. Is you take something. uh Well, one, it's an outright rejection of the idea of anything divine and Uh then the embracing of class warfare or identity warfare as a religion. And the saints of that religion are the downtrodden, right? They are the people who are the underclass. And, man, if you can join that underclass via, I don't know, calling yourself biromantic asexual as a a form of baptism, essentially – Now you feel like you're one of the club. I'm victimized because this is how I identify. Instead of just saying, yeah, I'm just not really interested in having an intimate relationship with anybody. Probably because you're too focused on yourself to actually do anything.
3: If that is the difference, there is not like one God in this religion. The God is you. There's just a group of people around you that are all celebrating themselves. Yes. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of religion... This was kind of crazy. I think I heard Matt Walsh talking about this. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, this is a church in Iowa. Okay. That does this sort of woke prayer. I'm like, okay, where is this? It was first Presbyterian church in Iowa. Um, and they put, they put the service on the website. So this is the director of Christian education, Anna Sheets. Okay introduces the invocation this is like a week ago this was right around the international transgender day of visibility okay and so this is a different kind of prayer so if you think well wokeism it's just about corporations or politics no it's infiltrating churches there's no doubt about that as you will hear in this prayer you ready no but go ahead (laughs) Well, it all depends. You could get really mad at this, or you could laugh or a little of both, maybe. Here's how it starts.
8: Oh, God of pronouns, (laughs) we give praise to the great one, the one who was identifiable as God. I am what I am, you say, the great they, the incarnate he and she, the God of trans being.
5: (laughs) Holy smokes. You didn't learn that in church growing up, Scotty? No, I missed that. I totally missed that. Hmm. Second Presbyterian church in Iowa. First, sir. First. First First Presbyterian church.
3: Yeah, correct. Sorry. Yeah. And as she is giving this prayer, I'm just going to paint the picture. There's a dude that's sitting behind her, and I I can't guess age. You saw little David. I'm guessing uh, early to mid-30s.
5: I thought a little older than that. Yeah,
4: I thought older than that. Okay,
3: maybe upper 30s. I was going to say like 50s. Yeah. The dude or the woman? The dude. Oh, yeah, the dude is definitely upper 50s. Oh, you mean her?
5: Her? She, oh, her. Like, she oh, looks like, oh, yeah. She looks to be, yeah, mid, you know, Around early 30s. 30s. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, the dude is older. Yeah, I thought you meant the dude. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like a beard. And he's like face palming. <laughs> Without facepalming.
3: No, he's just sitting there listening to it. And I'm thinking to myself, at what point in time, dude, did this happen to you? Where you didn't stand up and say, what is going on? Is this the real pastor that's sitting there? No, I don't think it's the pastor. I don't know who it is. I just happened to notice that part. Maybe the
4: liturgist.
3: Yeah, it could be. And then she gets to a part in the prayer, because this thing goes on like three minutes. Oh, yeah. That you think, okay, we're starting to make a little sense here, but stay with it. You
8: shadow. You shatter all Stereotypes. Making every single person male and female.
5: Okay! Making well, every single person male and female.
3: But wait for it.
8: Male and female, intersex, non binary, in your image. Exactly in your image.
3: So you're rewriting the Bible. Well, that's part of the deal, right? Yeah. Did you know that it talks about rainbows? In the Bible? Well, in, in this sort of way.
8: Spectrum rainbow God who put your promise for nonviolence in the symbol for queer love before humanity knew.
4: Rainbow God. I am Is the that, rainbow God. <laughs> it was like spectrum rainbow God or something, yes, right? Spectrum yes, spectrum rainbow God. Wow. That's interesting.
8: Because you knew. uh-huh who had Joseph, who could not sleep with a woman, in a beautiful lady's cloak, perhaps of rainbow colors. Perhaps of rainbow
3: colors.
5: Is she thinking the Technicolor Dreamcoat? No,
3: that's Joseph. That's what I thought. Mary's Joseph.
5: Didn't she say Joseph? I don't know.
3: Yes, but she's talking about Joseph and Mary, I think, right? No,
8: In a beautiful lady's cloak, perhaps of rainbow colors. I thought. Before we knew, you knew. What? God of pronouns who said you can call me he or she or they, whatever makes you feel closest to me
3: uh, Which translation is that of the Bible? Just asking
5: I, I'm perplexed. I don't know.
3: Again, man, when did it happen where people there just said, "Yeah, okay, sounds good. What happened? I know the church has been feminized over time and dudes just stopped sort of standing up and calling out B.S., but please, this is crazy. Part of that prayer reminds me, too, I can't help but think about Meet the Parents. When Ben Stiller is way out of his league trying to do the prayer, oh, <laughs> God of hosts, <laughs> he's just meandering along, but this was actually written out.
4: Yeah, Holy
3: No, I think, God. I think
4: she was actually talking about Genesis Joseph there. Okay, that what Joseph was wearing a dress or something
5: like that. I that that's not. I thought he said couldn't get a woman pregnant. Couldn't sleep with a woman or get a woman pregnant. I don't know. Sleep with a woman
8: who had Joseph, who could not sleep with a woman in a beautiful lady's cloak, perhaps of rainbow colors. Before we knew, you knew.
4: Are we you talking about not sleeping with the kings? wife yeah. or whatever, and she sets it Even up. though she was like, hey, Joseph, yeah. get in here now. Yeah. It's like,
3: uh-uh, can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's what she was referring to. <laughs> it's tough, man.
5: I hear... You know what I hear like, in my what? brain? What? I hear... Kiss doing God of Pronouns. <laughs>
1: God of Pronouns. And rock and Roll. Whoa. Suddenly,
4: suddenly, she has now just inserted this image of like Joseph as Buffalo Bill or something in <laughs> yes. my mind. I'm like, this is weird, man. Oh, What's
3: yeah, going weird.
5: on? Technicolor robe. Yeah. What?
3: It's it's something, man. Yeah that that will grab your attention. Um, Will Smith did he check into a luxury rehab clinic? That. That's the word out there. And if we have, we got a lot to get to, man. Tax refunds might be delayed, but if we have time for that, the whole Will Smith thing, there's another angle to that in the audio that David brought to the table earlier of his wife filming him without him wanting to be filmed. That was crazy. And we got a Friday 5 today. Got a big countdown to get ready for. It's a big one, too. It's going to be fun. All right. News update just for you. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh,
4: Joe Biden welcoming in uh, soon-to-be Justice uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson just recently confirmed to the Supreme Court. uh, And he said, you know, she was really put through the ringer in the old uh, confirmation hearing process. I missed the part where they were accusing her of being a gang rapist.
3: Yeah, mm. I didn't hear that.
4: Yeah, I didn't boy, that was, boy I, I must have really been asleep at the wheel on that one. Anyway, here's the president.
2: I knew it wouldn't be easy, but I knew the person I nominated would be put through a painful and difficult confirmation process. But I have to tell you, what Judge Jackson was put through was well beyond that. There was verbal abuse, the anger, oh. the constant interruptions most vile baseless assertions and accusations in the face of it all judge Jackson showed the incredible character and integrity she possesses
3: what is she talking about
4: well see because people were asking about her lenient sentences for a few child porn offenders and apparently that is uh, vile that is baseless and 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 she made it through unscathed.
3: So, the person he picked, the person he knows so well that he couldn't remember her freaking name.
2: Well, you saw her.
3: Yeah, you know what? it was who they told me to pick. Whatever, get off my case.
5: Remember how kind they were to Amy Coney Barrett, too? Absolutely.
3: Sweet. Mm -hmm. The dogma. It's like your religion you take seriously. Yeah. You nut. She's a racist for adopting a child of color. Oh, I... how can you forget one yeah. of those? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was perfectly all right. Did they go through her high school notes? I don't remember that. I'm sure they did. Hmm. Okay. You know what? We got to get ready. No, for boofing, no. there wasn't Friday five today. Uh, Scott Robbins said, this is what we should do. Been raining all over the place. Yeah. How about rain songs? You know, the Friday fives when we take a little break from news and do our big countdown. And usually it has to do with music. So today it's the greatest songs of all time with Rain or Raining. We'd accept Rainin'. But not Rainbow. No. Not Rainbow. Just Rain or Raining. Okay. And it's very homophobic. This list is really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you take all the songs together. Now, is it ranked properly? You can be the judge of that. The number to call if you want to get in early is 210-619-2053. Always fun to play along. Two one zero six one nine two zero five three. The Friday Five: Greatest Rain Songs of All Time. Coming up next, right here.
2: Are you ready?
3: Friday 5. and This is the way we start, writing.
1: The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f out of here, all right? The Friday 5. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp and Robbins show.
3: Oh, doesn't it feel good? It's Friday. Our countdown for our Friday 5 today from the suggestion of one Scott Roberts. It's been raining all over the place. Let's do rain songs. We haven't done this in a long time. I was surprised.
5: Yeah, me too. I, I, I because We go back in the archives always to check on when we did these things.
3: Yeah, like nine years? Yeah. like that? Yeah. Something like that. Back anyway, when I had hair. 210 is the number. Now, if you're new to the countdown, this is how we do it. We take a song and say, all right, how big a hit was it? Then how does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Put that all together. And then we have our countdown. And, you know, there's going to be some debate, I think, today, as there is most Fridays. I think it's a loving debate. Some people will think it gets over the edge a little bit. We'll see how it rolls today. I think we're kind of all in agreement,
5: aren't we, today? I don't know. Probably more so than years past. Time's fast Who's first, David?
4: Uh, let's talk to David in northern Michigan. Hey, David.
1: Gentlemen, how are you? Great,
3: David. Thanks for checking in. What you thinking? You betcha.
1: Well, I know it's only April, but I'm going to go with a little Guns and Roses and the way we're moving.
3: See? hmm It's the way I'm thinking. Number three. All right, that was a big hit. Yep. I think we all agreed at least a nine, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. David, you had the time at a nine, yeah, nine, and yeah, I think it's an epic. Love the slash solos in it, the way it builds. So, yeah, that was my number one. Apparently, it was not everyone else's. No, 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 was, no it it in, my...
4: was it in your five, David? It, yes, yeah, it made my five. I think it okay. made my five, too. but it was down a little bit just because yeah. my personal like—I, I don't care if I ever hear that song again. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one.
2: There was
3: a little mistake made. It's okay. People make mistakes.
1: It's
4: not a mistake. It's just eh, kind of a boring song.
3: What did you say? It's a boring song. (laughs) Okay, man. I'm glad you said that instead of me. Yep. I think it's great. I really do. Okay, who's
4: next? Uh, We got Joey in Scranton, PA. Hey, Joey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Your boy Joe here. I'm a, I'm a little under the weather after uh, the, the Queen of Death uh, gave me a, her kiss the other day. Uh,
7: <laughs> so this this, this guy, uh, I hold him near and dear to my heart.
1: And I'm not kidding here. I'm not joking here. I like this guy a lot. right? he's a good friend. Uh, and he's a one-word thing. And I, I was riding the train through Appalachia, and uh, uh, anyway, it's uh it's a uh, Purple Rain by Prince. <laughs>
3: Good job, Joe. Nice one. Yes. Number one. <laughs> okay, for hit, that's like a nine? Oh, yeah. Test of time. Where do you have
5: it? It was hard for me because I don't know if I listened to a station that would play it. Uh, I hear it every once in a while. So it was probably... In, but in my rotation, in my personal stereo rotation,
3: it's about a nine. Well, what did you put it for the test of time? I think like a seven or eight. Okay. David, I gave it an eight for
4: test of okay. time. Okay.
3: So you guys had it up high. Yeah, yeah. personal like I. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's a great song. So great. Are you talking about the top 40 edit or
5: all eight minutes? Well, I'm talking about the top 40 edit initially because that's when, okay. I, when I played it. All I right. was in top 40. You didn't play it at all though. No, I all I know is the 8-minute song. Although it had a better guitar lead than 80% of the stuff you were playing. Not that November Rain
3: solo. Okay. I'll put that up all against right. that any time. Right. This is why we do the debate. I know, Man, I know. I get it.
4: Okay. All right, who's next? Uh we got Steve in Michigan. Hey Steve.
1: Hey guys, great to talk to you. How about some Creedence Clearwater Revival?
3: Have you ever seen the rain? Steve just comes in here and says, "Yeah, I'll take number 2." Yeah, yep, that's right, number mine. 2. Yes. That's a great I song.
1: Yeah. Know, yeah. That's a big song. Be be
4: yes. Test of time. Yes. Someone's playing that song right now on the
1: radio.
3: Yes. I mean, I go into a like boring stories. I listen to all these songs when I was little because my uncle had all the records. So I was at my grandma's house. I play them on this little record player. Love all that Creedence stuff. I've really never gotten tired of it just seems timeless to me.
5: I was lucky enough to meet him once. And? John Fogarty. I just told him, I said, I think you're
3: one of the top three great songwriters of all time. And he said, it's too bad you don't play good songs on the Top 40 Radio?
5: <laughs> How come you don't play my records? <laughs> 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 well. But he was cool? No, he was very nice. Very nice. I gave him a Cub hat because he was a big baseball oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Because he was doing This Week in Baseball. Remember that? Yes.
3: I mean, yeah. John Fogarty was weird, but he was the guy. Yeah. Yeah you know what that song is about, by the way? Vietnam War, right? No. Oh. It's uh, It was about his brother leaving the band at the height of their power, where everything should be going great, but there's like rain on a sunny day. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Tom Fogarty. Yes, that's his brother. Who I think he sued later. <laughs> it, it was nasty. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yep. No doubt about it. Okay, who's next?
4: Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> we got David in Hillsboro.
1: Hey, David. Well, happy Friday, gentlemen.
5: David! We love David.
1: (laughs) Mr. President, please come back. We're going to pot.
3: What you got today, David?
1: Well, I had the same thing that uh, last caller had, so I don't know what happened. Um, So I don't have a song, but I can tell you that I did pick that song nine years ago when I (laughs) called in.
3: That's awesome, man. I
4: have you down as Credence Who'll Stop the Rain.
3: Well And yes, good one, David. (laughs) Actually, that was a bigger hit than Have You Ever Seen the Rain? That got the number two. Have you ever seen the Rain? Got the number eight. Great song, too. Yes, they're
1: they're both great songs.
3: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: Go on a Christmas
4: kick. Okay, who's next? Uh, we got Johnny and Selina. Hey, Johnny.
1: Happy Friday, brothers. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny. How are you doing? Great. Hey, you know, I just wanted to call in and give my two cents. I have to say, though, I'm a little disappointed because I'm a big lover of the alphabet. I love Dr. P. I love Aunt B. But I really love Mr. T. And so, then Camp... You're on the B team this week, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to want to get in the white van and go get some candy somewhere. <laughs> the A team is taking over the black one. So, anyway, guys, I'm the to cream the crop, and I'm going to rise up to the top and say, Led Zeppelin, the rain song.
3: Well played, man. Yeah. That was really, really good. <laughs> no, here's
1: it's a wonder all new-
3: question you're a led zeppelin fan it's like a seven and a half minute song that's so awesome if they would have made that a four and a half minute song is that a led zeppelin classic yes i think so. i love you the do. song i do too i love the album a lot
5: of Zepp guys are not big into houses of holy but i am knowing your musical taste
3: i think that's accurate i remember buying the album as a kid yeah I mean, for the people that don't like to rock hard as much, that's like a favorite of Led Zeppelin fans. It's okay. Everybody has their personal taste.
2: Hey, lady.
3: (laughs) Who's next? Uh, We got John in Connecticut. Hey, John.
7: Hello, gentlemen. Happy Friday.
3: John, always great to hear from you, bro. What you got today?
5: Well, Johnny and Salina didn't leave me a lot of time, and he also took my first Led Zeppelin pick, so I got to go with my second Led Zeppelin pick. However, I do believe
2: that there is some love for this album among the three of you, so I'm going with From In Through the Outdoor, Fool in the Rain. Yeah. What well,
7: story.
2: Like
3: the stars can't wait for whatever reason. The night the line you just heard from Robert Plant. Robbins will sing acapella in his studio all the time. I just like the kind of twang he puts on it. Okay. Well, there's a light in your eyes. Go ahead. All the way through. Give it to me one more time. Well, there's a light in your eyes that keeps shining. Well, there's a
1: light in your eyes that keeps shining. Yeah, it just kills me. And I, I,
4: you know, the test of time on this, I had it as uh, in my top five. I was the only one who had this song in the top five. Yeah,
3: I mean, it, it, was, it was a marginal hit. Yeah. Fairly big. But the test of time is massive. Yeah. You just play it all the time. There's no doubt about that. And I like it. I like, well, from that album, In the Evening. Yeah, that's good. Yeah great songs. There, there are some great songs. There's some songs that are, you know, just okay. I played All My Love. I bet you did. That was a big hit, too. All right. You know what? we got to reset here. We're still looking for number four and number five again. It's the Friday Five. This week, songs with rain in the title. We had Prince at one, Credence at two, Guns and Roses at three, looking for four and five. The number, 210 619 And we'll wrap it up. Coming up next, right here. Markley, Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday today on the suggestion of Scott Robbins. Should do rain songs. It's been raining all over the place. Yep. And we're still looking for number four and five. Number one was Prince, Purple Rain. Then you had Credence with Have You Ever Seen the Rain at two? And November Rain, Guns and Roses at three. And then there's been a bunch of honorable mentions, and, well, there's one for Scott. Millie Vanilli. That's not true. Have you ever seen The Rain?
5: Or Blame It on the Rain. My bad. No, Blame It on the Rain for Millie Vanilli.
3: Yeah. Grammy Award winners. That's right. Yep. Best new I artist. It. My bad for getting the title yep. mixed up there. Okay. Who's next, David? Uh, we got Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody.
2: Hey, guys, love your show. I'm running out of room on my bumper for stickers. I already have the significance of the passage of time, stop the hammering, and now I need to find space for welcome the people and shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Good take, Woody. My song, Eddie Rabbit, I Love a Rainy Night. Dude. I
1: love a
7: rainy night. Yeah. Yeah, I love a rainy night.
3: That ended up at number five for me. That was a monster. Oh, yeah. That was number one in top 40. Country and adult contemporary. Yeah, that's a happy song.
0: Yeah.
3: That was before you were born, David, but that dude was on a run for a while. Yeah. You know that song from growing up, right? Yeah,
4: I did. I, I didn't recognize the title, but then as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that song.
3: Yeah. Oh, cool. All right.
5: Who nice? likes driving songs?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Uncle schultze and Gresham.
1: Yeah, gentlemen, I'll keep this brief. How about James Taylor's Fire and Rain? I'll hang Great up song. and listen. Great song. Number four.
5: Oh, there you go. I seen fire. And I've seen, rain. I've seen sunny days that I
1: thought
0: could never end. Seen
3: lonely times when I could not find a friend. Uh-huh. But I always thought that, was big that hit. I'd see you again. Song. What do you have for Test of Time on that, David?
4: I think I gave it either a six or a seven. Okay. Like, it's around. Okay, I, I don't
5: hear it that much. All these stations play it. It's a great song. No doubt about it. It bums me out, dude. Well, I mean, it's, it's just... not exactly the most up-tempo topic. No, it's not. He was in uh, an insane asylum at the time.
3: I wonder what it would be like if a hard rock band, like a good one, like covered it. I wonder if it would, like, be different, more uplifting. I'm not sure.
1: Oh! Yeah! yeah. <laughs>
3: Who is that? That's Badlands. <coughs> okay. Okay. From the alphabet of Ideas what are you talking about from Voodoo Highway, their second album? Badlands fans, hit Robin's up on Facebook. I know there's at least like, seven out there. I like
5: some of their stuff. I oh, shut up. No, you don't. I have one seven. song in my okay, who's
4: next? Yeah. uh Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary.
1: Hi, guys. Happy Friday again.
3: You too, Mary. Thanks for checking in. What you thinking?
1: Okay, I'm thinking uh, No Rain by Blind Melon.
3: Mary, you're awesome. Yeah. Number five. And I don't Love this song. I was really surprised that Bandcamp had a ten score for personal like.
4: Yeah, on this I was song. too a little bit.
3: What is it about the song you like so much? It is.
4: It's got such a good vibe with. It. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't really put words to it. Can't articulate it. It's just like I always forget. Like when I'm editing down the audio of it for this show for one reason or another, mm-hmm. I always forget. Like, oh, yeah, there's not really much drums in this song at all. I mean, there is there in the guitar solo. There's a little bit of the hi-hat work going on. But it it just works. And it's one of those songs, one of those rare songs that was a big hit on rock radio without being loud, without having any sort of drum work. And it's unlike anything else in the Blind Melon catalog. That's the amazing thing. Their biggest hit sounds nothing like the rest of the songs they did.
3: Yeah, I remember that summer so well. Maybe because I started dating my wife that summer, but it, that always brings back a good vibe. I'm glad that made the top five. All right, we still have honorable mentions to get to. Who's next?
4: Uh, let's talk to uh, John in
1: Mississippi. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Uh, since both CCR and Septon songs are gone and my history bothering me with all
3: this rain, I'm going to go with a little Elvis and Kentucky rain. There you go. Great song. I feel like we're like musical brothers, man. Like we like the same stuff. I always love it when you check in, man. Thank you. Yes. There were other honorable mentions, man. This is a big song, but this was kind of sad, too. Through
0: the ages. Oh, man. Really? You
3: had to know that growing up in Texas, David. Oh, yeah. Blue
2: eyes crying. And rain. It
3: wasn't like what Robbins likes.
1: It's raining men. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is the Barclay Van Camp and Robbins show. <laughs> Did you play "It's Raining Men"?
5: That's when the balloon dropped at the night, at the, towards the end of the night, and and the glitter.
3: Yes. Yeah, I got it.
5: Did I play it? No, I never played that song.
3: Okay. Well, you love this song. Red, oh yeah. Peter I love this song. Yeah.
0: Red, Okay,
3: i tell you another one. I am not a huge fan of this group, but I always thought this was a good song.
1: Comes the rain,
3: the Annie Lennox on that like song. Memory, the vocal is really good. Yeah. That's a good list. Like a lot of good stuff on that. All right, got to get ready. you got your top three stories of the day, Mr. Robin? Yeah, let's roll. All right, drive back to the news update. Straight ahead, right here. Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, Millennium, David Van Camp, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. News update former news junkie, David
4: Van Camp. I, I got two for you here. Oh, sweet. Re- remember the big uh, plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Remember how this was like, oh, this is Donald Trump's thugs are going out and harassing people? And then we find out that the FBI was actually instrumental. In getting this plot put together, this plot they were planning it. It would not have happened had it not been for the FBI. Correct. Anyway, uh, we just got news from NBC's Kendallanian: zero guilty verdicts in the case of the alleged plot to kidnap Michigan governor. Not guilty verdict for three hung jury on the alleged ringleader. All of that. All Jeez. of that. To try to yeah. make it seem like Trump was was telling people to kidnap and kill the governor of Michigan, even though people involved in it, these nuts, who were actually stupid enough to fall for an FBI entrapment scheme. Well, some of them were flat out stoned. Yeah, and also not fans of Donald Trump. Correct.
3: But Trump's America. Yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know,
5: Gretchen Whitmer should apologize right now.
3: You think that's going to happen? Come
5: on, the threat's on my life.
4: Yeah, and and now we go back to the Florida anti-grooming bill. Remember, don't call if you call it an anti-grooming bill, that's hateful. That's what we're told, right? Right. Don't don't say it. The right wing dog it's, whistle. It's hyperbolic and all that. I mean, yeah. I'm still waiting for someone to give me a better term for an adult having a secret sex conversation with a five year old.
3: give me a better word for that. Yeah, we don't need to talk to your parents about this. You can confide in me.
4: No! Yeah, I, I don't know what a better word for that is. But anyway, Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary, was on The View today and okay. was asked about something that his husband, uh, Chasten, said, which is, this bill will kill kids. Oh, yeah. Remember, because that's okay. not hyperbolic. No. That Don't say groomer. That, that's hateful. But you can absolutely say that DeSantis is trying to
3: kill kids. Yeah, they'll commit suicide if he puts this law in action. Yeah.
4: Anyway, here is uh, part of the conversation and the setup uh, from Anna Navarro on The View to Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary.
6: With the so-called don't say gay law now, um, which he says will kill kids. Do you agree?
5: Yeah, he's right. And and I think every (laughs) law ought to be judged for the effect it's going to have on real people in real life. And I, I get the political reasons why they're doing this. By the way, some of those political reasons, they don't have a plan on anything else, right? I mean, they they don't have a plan on dealing with inflation or or, or dealing with (laughs) with gas prices.
4: So the the Florida state legislature is supposed to be dealing with inflation?
3: Okay. We're getting into mind reading here, at least I'm about to, because that's the only thing I can try to figure out where his mind went when answering that, because he jumps topics in the middle of a sentence. And it's sort of like... Okay, I know as a Democrat, this is a losing issue for us, this Florida parental rights bill. This is a hard sell. So I'm going to go along and say, yes, I agree with my husband. He's right. And by the way, they have no other answers for uh, gas.
4: honestly curious. What exactly is Ron DeSantis or anyone in the Florida legislature supposed to do about national monetary policy? There's nothing.
3: It doesn't make sense. It's like he got talking points mixed up. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it was, was like, like five it, the, deep in the cards. It's so, like the no. the peep button got pushed, and then yeah. a different one got pushed, and it went to the, something completely different it's, in the middle of the sentence. A
4: Key indication of inflation has hit a forty-year
3: high. Why would Desantis do this? <laughs> It's gender-affirming gas prices. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
5: Male and female pumps. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my, my truck now identifies as a Tesla.
5: <laughs> are you ready for your big three Different stories kinds of, of the fluid. day? My car runs on gender fluid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you ready?
0: One, two,
1: three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins, it's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp
3: and Robbins show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. At this time, yep. every day. Yep, yep, yep. Is he there?
5: Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, yeah, Hi, Casey, Casey. Casey. Hi, buddy. Yeah. Scott. You ready for the weekend, buddy? I'm ready. Okay,
4: okay. okay. good. Me three. too. Uh, number three, a study discovers fossils from the day the dinosaurs died.
5: Yeah, not exactly breaking news here. It's about something that happened, on 66 million years ago. But it's getting some attention now. Uh, BBC is releasing a special narrated by David Attenborough called The Day the Dinosaur Died. They focus on a unique dig site in North Dakota called Tannis, where evidence is suggesting now a jumble of fossils that were found were formed on the exact day... The large asteroid struck the Earth 66 million years ago. Also found among the ruins, yeah, is a handwritten note by our current president that says corn pop sucks.
3: <laughs> Scott, <laughs> what? Two. <Dude. laughs> <laughs> Number 2. He's just moving on.
5: I know. I've since your big setup and your joke, I know that's all right. It's Republican
4: okay. Republican Senator Joni Ernst made a Biden nominee squirm by asking about
5: mean tweets. Right? Yeah, Senate confirmation hearings for somebody called Beth Pritchard Gear. That's the nominee for the member of the board of directors to the Tennessee Valley Authority. So, uh, Senator Jody Ernst asked her to uh, reconcile her professed belief in civility. Because, you know, these people are all about bringing people together in Big Tent and civility Unity. now, mm-hmm. but not so much later. And she proved her point, and the nominee was squirming, but here we go.
3: Okay. There's a little bit of setup here, so this is the way Jody starts.
7: You believe one reason you should be confirmed to serve in the TVA, the Tennessee Valley, is because of your ability to, quote, build relationships and work together, end quote. Is that correct? Well, sure. Thank you, Senator. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you believe civility is a fundamental aspect of your role on the Tennessee Valley Board, if confirmed? I absolutely do. Yes, and thank you for answering those questions honestly, and I think it appears to be a recent sentiment. If you'll take a look at the tweet that we also found. Uh-oh. That's me with darker hair, much shorter, in 2015. So you can see that um, Beth uh, Gear tweeted out at Fox News and at Senator Joni Ernst, hideous. Mm. Can you explain that tweet?
3: Uh... Uh-oh. Here's where the squirm happens. Yep,
7: I can't read it. I apologize. That's not a way of getting out of answering the question. But what w- I just read it to you. Well, you see, I, I heard that. Sorry, but what was the quote? The quote is: "The new Republican Congress also understands how difficult these past six years have been." From my State of the union response, and well I apologize if I offended you, and I appreciate your bringing it to my
8: attention, and I do in fact believe that civility uh oh. is key, and I'm
7: sorry that I did not mm. demonstrate that in your uh opinion with that tweet so miss gear we'll we'll go back to the tweet mm. maybe you're t- you've had time to refresh your memory a little bit.
3: <laughs> where she oh, just goes my. On. and yeah. I, yeah.
7: I'm not sure if you've made a habit of calling women that disagree with you hideous?
3: Ah, uh, yeah, but she's not going to forget it basically. Well, read a
7: lot about tweets no in the former administration. this is prior to that. This is not Iowa nice folks. Mm. <laughs> and I'm calling you out.
3: <laughs> calling
5: it out. So there you go. She's gonna bathe herself in aloe for that sick burn this weekend. <laughs> oh, no, daddy, that's now on with the <laughs> countdown. Did not
3: crawl under the table at that oh thing? man, it's so great. Yeah, you'd be better off to just laugh when you see the tweet up there. <laughs> All right, yeah, I gotta admit, yeah, I'm trying to work on it. Yeah, just mm-hmm. own it and move on. That's it. Got smoked.
5: Okay. And finally, one.
4: Uh, the jury for the sentencing phase of the Stoneman Douglas shooter is being selected right now. Of course, Nicholas Cruz is the guy who murdered 17 people at Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida back in 2018. Uh, well, one potential juror has an interesting excuse to try to get out of it, Scott.
5: Well, I've done jury duty before. It's not fun. Um, it's one of, one of the deals, right? Yeah. Uh, so on Monday, yeah, this happened, an excuse that rarely... I've never heard this one used in court, by the way, to try to get out of jury duty. I've heard a lot of things, but... Uh, it was, uh, it was a woman by the name only described as Miss Bristol. Doesn't exactly work a normal nine to five sort of life. Uh, according to her, she's obligated to not be on the jury because she has to service her sugar daddy. Yes. You can't make this up.
4: Here's the audio of okay, that. You yeah, can hear the judge go. going, excuse me, what?
5: Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I need to figure out something. I have my
1: sugar daddy that I
6: see every day. I'm sorry. My sugar daddy. Okay, I'm not exactly sure
5: what you're talking about. but well, I'm married,
3: and I have my, my sugar daddy. Okay. I see him every day. All right, ma'am, we'll come back to you, okay? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married, and I have my sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I guess, Is that like a job you can't get out of? Well, Did you, you get
5: paid for offering a service, so it would be, in fact, a job. Yes. Wow. Okay. I think the IRS would might want to look into that income, too, because I doubt it's being taken out. Any money's been taken out. Probably
3: so, yeah. And there you have it. Yeah. Oh, I had a story. I didn't know if you wanted me to add anything. It's up to you. Want another one? Yeah,
5: absolutely. Sure.
3: Did you guys hear about the grenade that was found on a conveyor belt at a French fry factory? Did you hear the story? A grenade? Yes. This is a French fry factory in New Zealand. Dude working the conveyor belt spotted something strange among the potatoes. So he picks it up. Ho! Oh, that's a grenade. So they called in the bomb squad. After an investigation, they determined it was a training version of a common World War II hand grenade, but contained no explosives. Worker said he's usually looking to spot, you know, stones that were inadvertently harvested, and that's what he thought it was at first. Until he cleaned off some of the mud, and then, oh my gosh, that's a grenade. Said I've seen a lot of war movies too. Holy cow. So that's when they brought in the experts. And they said, hey, man, good thing you remained calm under pressure. Yeah. Would you freak a little bit? <laughs> he said, I'm glad they didn't bag it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, why is this so heavy? It's like you're thinking another boring day of work, but no, yeah. not so You're much. working the assembly line, putting <laughs> yeah. french fries in bags. Yeah. Uh, we still got to get to of the news. Oh, I got a good one about a preschooler that took a naughty greeting card from her mom and took it to school. <laughs> we'll get to that. And then we got a news update uh straight ahead.
2: It's really been an honor for oh, you're me. Oh, you still there? See ya. Okay. Thank you.
5: Have a good weekend.
2: I miss you. <laughs>
3: Van Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, and another news update. David yep. Van Camp. They're all
4: propagandists, man. Everybody in the national media. Like it's what fine now? to note that with the confirmation of uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson as the Supreme Court. Hey, it's a momentous, as a historic thing that happened. First African American woman on the Supreme Court. Hey, cool. All right. Okay. But. You got ABC's Mary Bruce today talking about the ceremony that happened at the White House with Katanja Brown-Jackson. And listen to this, man. This is state TV. It is. Okay.
6: Just to see the president up there standing next to these two remarkable black women, both the first in their roles. It is an image that will be uh, hard for many to forget. But you did hear the president saying, yes, you know, this was a promise that he made, a promise fulfilled, something he knew he wanted to do. This is just a moment that there is a very long road ahead. The president noting, of course, the attacks that Judge Jackson uh, took on throughout this confirmation process, even during her very own hearings on the Hill, that that is just an example of how much this country still has to do, how much progress still has to be made. Oh my
5: gosh.
4: They were asking her about her Please. record as a judge.
5: Golly. right
4: And that's a sign of how much progress needs to be made because of racism?
5: That's such a lie. Oh that's my god
3: That's a lie. Dude. I mean, especially with Kamala. Well, both. both. He said that it had to be a black woman with both and the pressure was on right it's not like hey i can pick from anybody he was pressured and yet that is still the narrative but but the thing people see through this crap they truly do
2: come on man
3: yeah dude it's a different day but
5: it's like kavanaugh never happened right it just never happened those were legitimate questions for amy coney barrett either one yes yeah she, I mean, it, it almost sounds like she's the only one who's ever had to take fire like that, being in a Supreme Court. And it Court. wasn't even fire. Remember Clarence Thomas? Remember how they tried to boot him? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Come on,
3: man. I feel like Nimrods of the News already started. It's-
1: when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins
3: Show.
5: I love the poorly educated.
3: First Supreme Court justice that can't identify what a woman is. Is that a Jeopardy question? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Nimrods in the News. We start in Nebraska. There's a mom there. Bryn Williams. Got a text from the director of the preschool. That's where her daughter attends. Director said, "Um, uh, your daughter Ruby gave the teacher there uh, Miss Becca a card. But it seems to be more of an adult thing. Like, oh. Uh-oh. She asked if Bryn was missing a greeting card. She said she didn't know. But her daughter did ask the night before if she could get something to draw on from her desk. Mom said sure. She didn't realize what she was doing. It turns out Well, the girl found a naughty greeting card and drew a picture on it for Miss Becca. And so she gave it to Miss Becca the next day. Mm. What does it say? Yeah, I want to know now. On the front, it says, a best friend you can have sex with. Oh, geez. And then on the inside, it says, how great is that? And then the little girl has to draw She had no idea what it said. Well, did she or her teacher have a
5: conversation with her about what that meant? I hope not.
3: No, but the mom was clearly embarrassed. That's pretty good. Nice card, by the way. Sure. Are you going to look for that one? Yeah, man. Wichita Falls, Texas, outside of Whataburger. Cop there. He's trying to watch his calorie intake. So he was curious, hey, how many calories in their honey butter chicken biscuit? Lobby was closed, so he walked up to the drive-thru menu to check. While he's up there, that's when, (sniffs) what, man, that is a strong odor of weed coming from one of the cars in line. So then, pulled over the cars. as it was leaving the drive-thru. 17-year-old behind the wheel. Mm. So he asked, hey, how much weed you got in the car? Kid holds up his joint, still brings says, this much. <laughs> well, he's honest. Turned out he also had a gun under the driver's seat, oh. which uh. may or may not have belonged to his sister, but he was not allowed to have it. So all because the cop needed to check the calories on the sandwich, that kid did a whole lot of trouble. And that's Nimrods of the News.